What is April's middle name? Answer at the end of the episode. Welcome to Citizens of Pawnee, a Parks and Recreation podcast where I discuss anything and everything from character breakdowns to episode rewatches, as well as some other trivia and tidbits about the show. My name is Brian and I'll be your host. If this is your first time listening to the show, welcome and thank you. This is episode number 49 being recorded Wednesday, June 22nd, 2022. And today I'm going to be talking about the best cold opens of the series, as well as season five, episode 16, Bailout. If you'd like to contact the show, you can email citizensofpawnee at gmail.com. You can also follow and message the show on Instagram at Citizens of Pawnee Podcast, as well as my other page at Parks Rec Memes. New episodes drop periodically and can be found wherever you get your podcast now. Keep those notifications on and follow the Instagram pages for episode information. Please remember to rate, review, subscribe, and share. And just a reminder that this podcast will have full spoilers for the entire series. All right, well, let's just jump into some filler, why don't we? Um, so last Saturday, uh, the Saturday that just passed, that is, I went golfing with um, my buddy Sasha. Happy birthday, buddy. He turned 40. Uh, and the guys over at the Bitter Marks podcast, uh, Pee Wee producer Tony and some of the other guys, we did this last year for his birthday. I came in last place. And um, you will be pleased to know that I... Came in last place again. I still suck at golf. I am absolutely terrible at golf. 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 <laughs> um, yeah, I thought maybe I would have gotten a little bit better over the year. I don't know why I would have thought that because I don't practice or anything like that. But, you know, just watching people from last year and then uh, always going last. Always going last. So I was just like, all right, you know, I can pick up on some things. I didn't pick up on anything. I'm terrible. Uh, it was kind of funny when we we got there, or I got there a little bit early, and there was like half the group. So we're standing in the the parking lot, and the last hole, for some reason, is right next to the parking lot. And we're just sitting there talking, and all of a sudden we heard a ball, you know, or we heard someone yell four. So we looked over and we noticed that the ball was in the air, and it was coming down by the cars. It was like far enough away from our cars though that it was like whatever. So we saw it bounce around. And heard it hit something, but we were just like, okay, whatever, hit one of the cars. Well, there was a mom really close that must have had like eagle ears or something. I don't know if that eagle eyes, but what has good ears? What can hear well? I don't know. Tremors? <laughs> Tremors. Anyway. Um, but the woman, uh, she comes walking over and she she comes up to us and she's like, did a, did a ball hit that car? And she points specifically at her car. 
And, you know, we're all like, ah, you know, I, we don't know. It, it landed somewhere in that area. So maybe it hit that car, but we're not sure. So we just kind of went back to our thing and she was just walking around, like expecting or <laughs> inspecting everything. And you just hear all of a sudden, like, <gasps> like a gasp. And we all look over and I just happened to look because her car, you know, we were standing behind where her car was. So I just looked right through the back window and I could see that the front windshield had um, like a spider web crack. <laughs> about uh, a foot wide at least in diameter. So uh, yeah, she was pretty pissed off and you know, we were all just like, Oh, <laughs> when we saw it and it was kind of funny. She went over and she was, she was like confronting the golfers about it. And it's like, what do you want us to do lady? We're on a golf course, you know, it's like, I'm sorry, your car got hit, but you know, take it up with the, the place. So that was kind of interesting, but um, yeah, congrats to, uh, producer tony for winning that and then produce uh, uh, and then congrats to uh swick and dogan who took the the tag team uh championship home so good stuff uh thanks again sasha for inviting me it was a blast uh let's talk about some tv shows uh obi-wan kenobi on disney plus the last episode of the first season ended today they say uh it was a limited series who knows though i mean it I guess, depending on how well it does, we'll see if they bring it back. I mean, it's not like we don't know what's going to happen, <laughs> so they don't need to do another series. But if they do, I mean, I'll probably check it out. So overall, just I'll start off by saying I would give this show like a six. It was it, it like the last two episodes were pretty awesome. But and this show was a thousand times better than uh, the Book of Boba Fett. Not as good as the Mandalorian as far as the uh, the other Disney plus Star Wars shows go. But I maybe I just don't like Ewan McGregor. I don't know. I I'm trying to think of like what movies he's in. I mean, he's in a bunch of movies that I like, but I'm trying to think of movies where he's the star that I like. And I don't think there are too many kind of like Christian Bale to me. I don't really like him either. Um, so I, I don't know. But anyway, uh, so the show was kind of cheesy overall. Uh, the acting was okay, but I mean, like, I don't know. I feel like some of the acting in Star Wars is always a little sketchy, but it's like, well, you know, they're they're supposed to be talking like sci-fi and everything like that. So, uh, but Darth Vader was awesome in the in the series. He was just a total prick. I mean, like, very just evil, evil. I mean, there's a scene in Episode Two, I think it is, where he's walking, he's looking for Obi Wan, and he's just like, uh, spoilers, by the way. He's uh, he's walking down this town and he's just there's there's people on the side of the road watching him. So he just starts like force choking them it, to try to get Obi-Wan to come out. And Obi-Wan's a total pussy in this. I'm sorry. I mean, like, well, I mean, he obviously he he comes back like in the last couple of episodes. But before that, you know, he's been in hiding for like 10 years or something like that. So I understand that he's trying to stay out of the public eye. But it gets to a point where there are people actively looking for him like shouting out to the town like we are looking for this jedi and he's there and he's letting other people like potentially get killed or almost get killed like uh um uncle owen luke's uh uncle he he's like on the point where he's about to get like his head sliced off but with a lightsaber and then uh like darth vader calls this woman off uh inquisitor reva um i'll get to her character in a second but um, yeah, no, I, I just, uh, 
I didn't care much, I guess, for the character of Obi-Wan. He was like, he spent like half the the damn show chasing around Leia. Leia's 10 in this cute little girl. But I mean, it's just like, how many fucking times do we have to watch him be like, Leia, Leia, and then like her running around and they're terrible chase sequences. Like, uh, like if anyone who watched uh, the book of Boba Fett, if you haven't watched Obi-Wan, imagine the terrible, the terrible scene where like the Power Ranger kids came in and they were on those little like moped floating scooter things. Um, how terrible that chase was. I, I notice I keep saying terrible, how terrible that chase was. Um, that's kind of how the chase scenes are in this. And it, like when Darth Vader and Obi-Wan are going to have their first confrontation, they're in like a mine <laughs> like shaft or something. It looks like, cause there's just piles of coal everywhere. And it's like, you know like both lightsabers come out and it's like you know like darth vader talking his shit ready to go and then obi-wan just like and he'll just like kind of scamper away and run behind a little hill and then like he'll come out on the other side he's like whoo like the way he's he's like looking behind him like oh he's not there like great like i made it and we're talking about dirt mounds that are probably about 20 feet wide so it's not like mountains or anything it's just like little piles but uh, so like that, yeah. And he, in, in that one episode, I mean, he ran away like two or three times. It was just so dumb. Um, but like I said, the last two episodes were pretty cool with Vader. He got, he got a little, uh, yeah, he got pretty nasty in this and did some cool shit with, uh, with the force and whatnot. So, uh, but anyway, yeah, Obi-Wan Kenobi, the show it's like I said, it's over. It's on, um, Disney plus what six episodes They're They're all 45 minutes to an hour long. And, um, you know, if you're a star Wars fan, absolutely go watch it. If, um, I, I mean, again, <laughs> you don't really need to watch it because you know how this is all going to end anyway, but, uh, you know, there's some cool stuff in there, I guess. So I would recommend it. Um, and then moving on to, uh, the, the one other show I have to talk about, which is another Disney plus show and it is an MCU show. So I have to talk about it. And that is Ms. Marvel which is uh, episode three aired today. I did not watch it yet, so I've only seen the first two, obviously. Uh, but this show is uh, its a lot different than the rest of the MCU because this one is about uh, fif- 15 or 16 years old. I'm not positive because she is taking a driver's test, but she might... Well, actually, no, she's got to be 16 to take the test, so uh, 16 years old. So anyway, she is a, a, a Pakistani teenager. Her name is Kamala Khan. And she, her, her powers are kind of different from the comics where in the comics, her powers are a lot more like, um, Reed Richards, who's Mr. Fantastic. If you're unfamiliar, he has like stretching ability, um, spoilers for Dr. Strange too, which also dropped today on uh, Disney plus, uh, excellent movie. Um, I can't remember if I talked about it a month ago or whenever it was the last episode I did. But anyway, uh, you saw Reed Richards in that, played by John Krasinski, and you saw like, yeah, his powers kind of, he's like Mr. Stretch. He's like, Gee. so anyway, that's kind of what Kamala's powers are in the in the, um, in the the comic books. And they changed it up a little bit. Well, actually, they changed it up a lot. She does that once or twice, we see where like, there's one part where her arm stretches out and she catches a girl that's about to fall. But for the most part, she, she trying to figure out what the hell she does. She can like make, uh, like lily pad almost platforms like in uh, I- Infinity War 
when they're all taken on Thanos on his planet and Doctor Strange is throwing down the platforms for Star-Lord to run across, it seems like that's what she does. So it's like, all right, she can make platforms. She can do other stuff with the bracelet, but we haven't really seen. Again, it's only two episodes in and we still don't have a villain yet. So I'm kind of interested to see where this is going. Season, or episode two did end though with um, like kind of a, a nice cliffhanger that could at least lead us to what the show, what the hell this show is about. But anyway, it's a very charming show. It is geared towards a younger audience and it's got... It kind of reminded me a little bit of Into the Spider-Verse. Obviously, that's animated. But a lot of the stuff that you just kind of like, there will be a scene going on and there's talking. And they they obviously, they did it more like comic book panels in that uh, that movie. This show, it's really creative how they do it where like Kamala will be texting her best friend Bruno or whoever. And there will be like neon signs because this, this takes place in New Jersey, like downtown area. So there uh, you'll see neon signs in restaurants and stuff. And the neon signs will kind of show you the text message conversation. Like it'll be like an open sign and then it'll kind of morph into like a, like a winking emoji or something like that. And then she'll be texting back and walking across the street as she's texting. And you'll see her text appear like on the, on the sidewalk as she's walking by. So uh, just stuff like that. It's pretty cool. Uh, there was one thing actually uh, already uh, a Parks and Rec uh, link, I guess I would say. This had nothing to do with the show in this show, but of course me, you know, being a huge Parks fan, I noticed it right away. So the guy uh, the, or the kid I just talked about, Bruno, who is Kamala's best friend, he comes over to her family and or to her family, he comes over to her family's house and he made this device for Kamala's dad. I, I, I guess it would maybe be like a... Uh, actually, I don't know, like, I because I don't have one of these, so I'm sure they make them like Roku or something. Who knows? But uh, he makes a device for him. Actually, it's kind of like Woof, like with Ryan, where all of your devices are going to be linked together, your email, your Instagram, your Facebook, whatever, so that when you get notifications, you're going to find out all about this. But uh, so the device is called Zuzu, which, of course, if you'll remember, is April's nickname that her parents gave her. And that Ron tries to mockingly call her before she calls uh, him Duke Silver. And then he kind of retracts that and is like, okay, I will never call you that again. But uh, I thought that was kind of cool. Just and he's like, oh, the device, it's called Zuzu. And then you hear Kamala's dad. And it's so funny because he's like, Zuzu, play sports channel or whatever. Like you hear him in the background. He's just trying to figure this thing out. It's just like another funny, um, you know, dig at adults with technology. So that was pretty funny. Um, but yeah, the show, uh, I, I'm really enjoying it so far. Again, two episodes in, I'm going to give this like a 7.5 right now. The, uh, MCU tie-ins, there haven't been any characters or anything like that, but tons of mentions because in the first episode she went to AvengerCon, um, which obviously it just had like ton in the background. I mean, it was just like an Easter egg hunt at this point like if you're watching it it's like okay uh there's uh there's an iron man thing in the background there's uh pamphlets here for tours of new asgardian uh new asgardian new asgard sorry and uh uh so that was uh, that was that was pretty cool but the whole thing with this show obviously ms marvel you'll remember there was a captain marvel yes this is intentional this girl kamala khan is obsessed with captain marvel so that's why she 
she goes to Avenger Con dressed as Captain Marvel. So it's kind of cool. It's like meta, like in the movie, they're talking about another movie we've already seen um, and basing their life on that. So um, that's pretty cool. But anyway, yeah, I would recommend Miss um, Marvel. Again, it's on Disney Plus. Uh, two episodes of air. They're uh, probably about the same amount of time or same time um, duration as the Star Wars episodes, like in between 45 minutes and an hour. So. Uh, last thing I wanted to do real quick before I, uh, get into the breakdown of bailout. Um, I just wanted to give a shout out to, uh, my boy Elf from Melmac. Um, he, the, I don't have anything from him this week, but, um, I have, I have mentioned it before. Um, Elf is a dear friend of mine and, uh, he's very encouraging with the show and he texts me a lot, you know, it's like, Oh, no show today. And I always feel bad. Um, I know he probably just wants these shows so he has something to listen to on the way to work because uh, I know he works in the mornings and has a long commute. So anyway, um, well, I was about to say your name. Alf, I am going to play a little ode of uh, the Parks and Rec scenes that I found that contain your name. So here you go. I'm so desperate. I even brought in my dream journal, hoping it would inspire me. I married Alf and we're pretty happy. Sounds nice. I thought we could update her resume. This is the one she applied to Parks with. It's just a signed photograph of a puppet named Alf. Hey, April. I was looking to get some new music, and I was wondering if you could recommend anything. The internet. I really like your haircut. Where, where'd you get it? Prison. How's your sister doing? She has the shingles. Who's your favorite character on Sex in the City? Alf. So, there you go, bud. Uh, I think that's all of them. There might be a couple more, but anyway, uh, thanks again for uh, keeping me motivated. So let's move on to, um, well, the first part of, I guess, uh, our two uh, topics <laughs> today. The first one being season five, episode 16, Bailout. So uh, I started this with the last episode. I did, jeez, oh, which one did I do? I don't even remember. How embarrassing. But anyway, um, yeah, I, I'm going to kind of just do that moving forward. Just pick a random episode, which is what I did with this one, and I just happened to throw it on on Peacock, and it's like, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna check this episode out. So, uh, actually, before I get into that, uh, what I'm gonna start doing on the the Spotify app, there is a section. I don't know if this shows up on like Apple Podcasts or Stitcher or whatever, but I know it does on Spotify. Uh, when you you know like go to listen to the show, check the show notes. You can, you know, like click where it says read more and it'll show down and, and it just gives it if you've never clicked on this before, it just gives you a description of what the show is. I put timestamps in there, too. So uh, moving forward, if you don't want to listen to like filler or whatever, or if you only want to listen to one thing, um, I put the times there so you can just click on that and it'll jump you right to that scene. And if for some reason you click on it, it doesn't work. At least it, it's the timestamp. So, you know, you can scrub to that spot. But anyway. Um, down a little lower than that, there is going to be uh, a section that I'm adding where I'm going to ask a question and I'll probably just ask what episode do you want me to do next week? So if you're feeling a little frisky or whatever, um, just make sure it's not one of the episodes I've already done. And if you're unfamiliar, just go to the Instagram page and you can check the episodes because I did the, what I called the legacy episodes. And those were, uh, the top 10 episodes voted on by, uh, you guys. So I don't want to do those ones again. There are 
what we've so 12 episodes there's like 113 other ones uh you can pick so uh go ahead and do that but <clears throat> yeah that'll be fun i think or you can message me again on um at parks rec memes or citizens of pawnee podcast uh on instagram so here we go let's get into the episode uh first uh, this is a really good intro, and we are talking about the best cold opens, so I'm not going to include this one in my list, which I will get to after we talk about this episode. But the best thing about this cold open is that we meet Mona Lisa Saperstein. So if you'll remember, uh, if you'll recall, this is the episode that starts off where Tom is having um, kind of like he brings all his shareholders in for Rent-A-Swag, which is uh, Ron, Ben... Uh, Chris, you know, and uh, uh, Donna. So everyone's there and you're actually seeing that Tom's business is kicking ass. Like he's doing a really great job. I mean, there's like tons of foot traffic. Everyone's in there. And then we meet Mona Lisa. She just comes up and she's like, boss, man. And she she wants, uh, you know, so, and, and I think it's Ron. He's just like, uh, who is this person? And I love that this one, she comes up and she just talks about wood hit, wood hit, wood hit. I love the wood hit for Ron. And then she's like, hard pass. Huh? And the way she laughs, like it's, the hard pass is for Jerry. The first wood hit and wood hit were for Chris and Ben. And the wood hit was Ron. And then hard pass laugh is so good because it's for Jerry. It's just so fucking mean. And like, she doesn't even know this guy. So anyway, um, we get the, the great uh, John Ralphio where he pops up from behind Chris and Ben. And he just starts talking shit about his sister. She's the worst. She's a skank, all this stuff. And it's so good because when he's telling them this, she's like, like taking it in, like enjoying what he's saying about her. It's like, she's like, yeah, I know. I know. And I, I, I wear that, you know, wear it with a badge of honor. So, or like a badge of honor. So anyway, Awesome openings. Uh, op oh my God. I'm sorry. I'm not even tired. I just, maybe it's just because I haven't done this show in like a month. I'm just like, ooh, ooh, ooh. so excuse me for my, uh, my stutters. Um, okay. So uh, the episode starts off where we're at the, the Pawnee video dome, which is the video store in Pawnee, obviously. And Dennis Lerpus played by Jason Schwartzman. Real quick, I want to go back. I think I said in an earlier episode that I don't like Jason Schwartzman. That's not true, actually. I just don't think I like the movies he's in. So uh, I guess you're fine, but maybe you just don't pick the greatest movies if you ask me. Sorry. So anyway, just wanted to clear that up. Dennis Lerpus, you will remember... I covered him in the Lurpus family, the uh, completely powerless. I love that description so much, like the sprawling and dynastic yet completely power, uh, completely powerless family in Pawnee. And we met, I think, throughout the, the entire uh, tenure of the show, we met nine or ten of them. So um, he is showing at the, the Video Dome, he's showing like some i forgot what the hell the movie is he's showing but like leslie and andy are there just to show support and andy falls asleep um then he comes out and he says that the the, the you know one once that it goes back to um or the, the movie's over he's up on stage and he's telling everyone uh leslie's like hey everyone make sure you rent videos from this place and he's like uh yeah actually it's not really gonna matter because we're closing soon anyway and leslie immediately she's just like uh, she's like, yeah, you know, this, uh, he can't close down the, the, the Pawnee video dome. This is the place where Purd Happily did his famous show lights, camera, Purd. It's a heartwarming story, but 
It's just not believable, which is why I give E.T. one and a half stars. That's one of my favorite uh, scenes from the entire show. I The first time I saw that, I laughed so incredibly hard. And plus, it's the, the point that Purd, this, this is obviously in the 80s when E.T. came out. So he has the flat top, like the kid in play hair. It is, oh my God, it is so, so fucking funny. But anyway... What's funny about this scene, going back to Dennis Lerpus, what's funny about this scene is you'll notice the guy uh, who's in the back and he's on his phone and Leslie's just like, hey, are you going to rent a movie tonight? And he's like, why would I rent uh, any movies? Every uh, movie is on my phone. I'm literally watching Iron Man 2 right now. You'll know you'll that character has been at his name is Morris Lerpus, which is funny to me because so he's at and we don't know what the relationship here is, though. We just know their family. So this could be his brother. Uh, Dennis, we're talking about this could be his brother, his cousin, his, I don't know, uncle, maybe. Uh, but it's so funny to me that the cousins there or the 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 other Lurpus is there supporting his family member. But then right up when they're just like, will you buy a video and support? He's like, no, <laughs> I just love that. Um, and then uh, I'll just jump to this later on in the episode. You see uh, Herman Lurpus who is the what probably the most popular Lurpus. He's the older guy that's always got the same exact outfit on. He has blue jeans, the black tank top, and he's always just like he works at the pawn shop. He's got all the tattoos, the older guy. When uh when the Pawnee, uh when the video dome does get bailed out and turned into a porn shop, he's in there and he's just like, I like this place now. So again, it's funny to me that this guy, I mean, he is family with Dennis Lurpus, but he's just like openly like, Hey, now I like this place. Not when it sucked when you ran it. So, uh, good stuff. Uh, but back to Dennis Lurpus, the, the character is just so funny because he's so out of touch with clearly like what's like, if you want to have a successful video store, at least, I guess like none of his movies are anything mainstream. He has no Disney movies, nothing. Leslie asks, so, Hey, maybe we could watch uh, finding Nemo. He's like, I don't have finding Nemo. I have a movie called tears of my blowhole. And it's about like whale harpooning or something like that. And so she's like, well, okay. How about we have some, uh, you know, like licorice or whatever. And the only candy that he serves there are Japanese slime candy and Bulgarian wheat balls. So just, the, I, I think it's more like his delivery for those is what makes it so funny. Um, so otherwise, uh, like in a different story going on, this is where April wants to apply for a veterinarian school in Bloomington. Um, and in order to do that, she needs a letter of recommendation from Anne, who is clearly like her enemy or her frenemy, I guess we'll say. But Anne is like, yeah, absolutely. I'll, I'll, I'll write this letter of recommendation for you, but you have to hang out with me and you have to be best friends with me. I think she says for like a week or a couple of days. I can't remember how long it is. And the fun, like one of the weird things about this scene is that April comes in and she's got this giant syringe, like a, a comically large syringe, but it is a real one. So she comes in with it, you know, and Anne's just like, where'd you even get that? It's just the, the internet, like so quickly. I love that. But at, at this point, when April finds out that she has to hang out with Anne, she's like threatening to kill herself, you know, and Anne's like, don't do that. So, um, Throughout this episode, this is another one where Ron and Leslie are butting heads because Leslie is clearly bailing out this this uh, 
the, the Pawnee Video Dome because she thinks it has historical significance. Maybe it does with Pawnee. Maybe it's, you know, it's probably not since the beginning, obviously, but been there for a long time. She has good memories with the place. But Ron is being like, no, this is this is bullshit. Like, why are why does the government have to give this place money? It, it clearly failed. And there's a reason why it's not open anymore. But it's not one of the ones where Ron's being like he is. He's being kind of a dick, but it's like you're actually totally understand what he's saying so it's not like you're not really on leslie's side i guess i mean i don't know but yeah so um ron the whole episode he's just like no he's like this is not happening so then when the place does get turned into um an adult video store he's like loving it you know he's like hey leslie check out the new store and he just points right to the sign where it's like pawnee video dome is crossed over and now it's like pawnee adult video dome or something like that emporium so uh, the place is packed, of course. Everyone's uh, checking out their porn and stuff. It's good stuff. So <clears throat> um, another thing I wanted to just point out, there's a scene where Leslie points out uh, slam poetry. And if you're unfamiliar with slam poetry, it was like really popular. I don't know if it still is. I highly doubt it. I don't see anymore. There was a while where we were seeing like commercials and, and shit like that. And she says it so funny. She's like, anything can be slam poetry if you say it like this and it's so true because that's all it was it's just like stupid like these people would go up on stage i'm sorry if you're a slam poet poet i guess uh <laughs> offense please I'm, I'm sorry it's stupid maybe you can explain it to me if anyone out there is uh but i, I highly doubt that so um Anyway, uh, one of my uh, favorite scenes, too. So uh, another thing that's going on in this episode is this is after Anne asked Chris if he would, um, you know, give sperm to be her a donor, you know, f uh, so she could have a baby. So he's still trying to figure out what he wants to do, whether or not he wants to do it. So Ben tells him, hey, why don't you, uh, you know, I think he sees Tom doing something off to the side. He's like, why don't you just go over and uh, pretend like Tom's your son? you know, for a couple days and just, you know, see like how it, I don't let Tom know, but you know, be, so it start it does start to get really weird. Uh, especially like this scene here where Chris wants to sit down and like, just kind of, uh, talk to Tom about whatever. So it shows them and they're sitting on a couch and Chris is just, you know, they're, they're right next to each other. And this is shot so well because you can't see like the depth of the couch, like how far back it goes or how far over because, because of the way the camera is. So it looks like they're sitting on a really small couch and Tom's just like, do we really have to sit like this? And then it pans, like the camera goes to the other side and you see that the couch is probably like seven or eight feet long. Tom is like all the way on one end and then Chris is literally right next to him. So there's a good six, seven feet of the couch that's still wide open. But yeah, it's, and then Chris is just like, yes, like he has to be sitting like that, apparently. Uh, it, that's another great gag. Um, another one. And I, I actually, uh, if you follow Parks Rec memes, I just did this one the other day, this scene where um uh, tom's having problems with mona lisa because she doesn't want to work and she just sucks as an employee she's coming into work like on ecstasy and stuff like that and she's she's trying to take a nap on the couch and tom's like hey get, you know with after he got advice from uh, uh ben 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 and chris maybe ron i don't know but basically they told him it's like you can't let her keep walking over you like this you know the other employees which we never see 
uh, you know, they'll, they'll catch on to that. Uh, and I mean, like, we never see them. We don't know who else works at this place besides Tom and then Mona Lisa for a second and then uh, possibly John Ralphio. I don't know. So um, he starts telling her, hey, you know what? You better get with the program or I'm going to fire you. And she gets turned on by that. And she's just like, oh, my God, you are so sexy right now. I could crap my pants. And Tom's face, he's just like, Ew. it's it's so good. And then uh, actually uh, really quick. Something that was funny about that, like when I posted on there, someone made an Amber Heard joke. So that was fucking hysterical. So thank you, uh, whoever you were. Uh, that was awesome. Uh, yeah, the Pawnee Video Dome gets turned into uh, the Pawnee Adult Emporium. And so this is like with April in this episode. She happens to be, you know, because Anne's making her hang out with her. So she happens to be by Anne when Chris comes by and he's like uh he kind of makes like an awkward like intro i guess with Anne. so april knows something's up and she's like this is weird what's going on and then the way that they're both like nothing you know so she knows that something's up so she just she's kind of annoying in this episode because clearly this is like a really um like intimate thing with chris and Anne to try to figure out you know if they want to potentially raise a child together and April doesn't know that that's what it is, but the fact that they really don't want to tell her, but I guess it's April's character just being kind of like pushy, but she just like gets to a point where Anne's, she tells Anne, she's like, you know what? I don't care. I, I, I don't even need the thing. If you don't tell me what's going on with you and Chris, I, I'm, I'm not going to go to the, the, the vet school. So screw you. So she tells her, she's like, you know, Chris and I want to have a, have a baby. And, um, you know, he hasn't said anything yet and I'm really nervous and we're running out of time, you know, cause I'm ovulating. So April just, she doesn't say anything. She just kind of like, uh, there was, this is when they're singing time after time by Cindy Lauper, the time after time. But so uh, before this happened, like before, uh, Anne told her, yeah, the scene cut back and they were singing that, or she was trying to get April to sing the song with her. So then Donna comes in and she starts singing it with him. It's great. So, um, yeah, excellent scene there. And uh, another one of my favorite scenes, and this is a Jerry uh, part where Chris and Ben are talking about parenthood or, you know, again, Ben, it, Ben's not a parent yet. He, they haven't had the triplets. They won't have him for another three seasons. But um, yeah, so uh, he's trying to give Chris advice. And then all of a sudden Jerry comes over because he overhears them and he's just like, he starts giving some really, really good advice about being a dad. You know, it's just like how, how wonderful it is and how just scary, but at the same time, incredible it can be. And he, and they're really interested, Chris and Ben, they're really interested in what Jerry's talking about. And then he just starts rambling, uh, like not even like rambling, like just talking about, so he's literally spouting nonsensical words where he's just like, and, and then he's, and and I, I don't and then just like <laughs> and then he tells them because they're both so confused with what's going on and he tells them i'm sorry guys like i i no one ever lets me talk that long so he just started like rambling because he ran out of words because i'm guessing like jerry comes into any conversation with like one or two topics to talk about or like one or two sentences probably like rehearsed and then has nothing else so it was, it's funny, but it was kind of sad too, but it, it's just a really, really good joke. 
there and uh chris is awesome about it though he's just like hey jerry you know like that was some really good you know advice you gave there before you started babbling on like an idiot or whatever he says so it does kind of like take a a mean turn after that but um and at the end of the episode we get the iconic scene where ron eats the gigantic platter uh, that is for 12 people so him and leslie go to uh some little cafe and he's like he orders the like the party platter and the the server's just like you know this serves 12 people and ron's just like i know what i'm about so then when the guy comes back with it uh, it's so funny the guy comes back with this big ass tray and um ron's just like all right party time and then leslie tells the server she's like you're gonna want to stick around because this is this will be the most incredible thing you'll ever see and it only takes him i think she says four minutes so it's actually kind of disgusting. Thank God we don't have to watch that. Actually, that would have been pretty amazing to see that. So um, I don't know. So um, what do I have here? Um, oh, we do see, uh, again, like April and Anne, they do kind of bond. And there's like the thing with, uh, you know, after Anne gave up this big secret to April. I think April feels a little like, oh, okay, like, I'm sorry. I was so pushy about it. So she gets her a, a baby book naming, a baby naming book, uh, which is really sweet. And it's very unexpected. So, uh, you know, Anne gives her a hug. And um, it's it's one of the few scenes like before, like closer to the end, I guess, uh, April. No, April like really never warms up to her. There's a couple scenes, but this was one of them where they actually uh, get along and it's nice. And um, Chris does decide to have uh, he, that he's going to uh, have the baby with Anne in this episode. So it's actually a pretty important episode. And he gives the one of the best dad jokes. I love this one. I told it to my wife and she hated it. But he's like, well, your uter you and my uter me is now our uter us. <laughs> and even Anne's just like, don't ever tell a joke like that. Or she's like, I'm already considering backing out. Or, um, so it was awesome. And then uh, for like the ta the tag at the end, we get to see the the porn movie that because uh, when they were back at the Pawnee Video Dome, uh, Brandy Max was there and she's talking about how they're going to do a, a like a government porn and that Brandy was going to be playing Leslie Nope. So uh, it cuts to this this porn at the end and, you know, she's sitting at her desk and then all of a sudden this like this big black guy comes in, but he's dressed as Ron and he's got like the same hair and a mustache and the red shirt and everything. But he's called Dong Swanson. Uh, it's so good. And then it's just like they embrace or they, you know, he like kind of like tackles her onto the desk and then it ends. <laughs> but it was just amazing. It reminded me of um, the movie Orgasmo with uh, the the stunt cock. Uh, I won't get into it, but you guys, anyone who's seen it knows what I'm talking about. So, um, okay. Now we are going to talk about some of, I, I put in on the, the show notes and whatnot. It's like the best cold opens. This is my opinion. So, uh, I got about 10 of them here and uh, I'm just going to tell you what episode was. We're going to talk about the cold open. I'm going to talk about the cold open and um, you're going to laugh, hopefully, and then be like, hey, that's a great show. I'm going to tell my friends about this show, and we're all going to listen to it, and um, yeah, and we'll subscribe. So anyway, uh, the first one I got here is the Google, uh, Google Maps cold open. Um, this is in season four, episode nine. I didn't write all these names down. I apologize. I just wrote down the show or the, the episode uh, number. So 
Uh, oh, what the hell am I talking about? Sorry, guys. Uh, the Trial of Leslie Nope. I literally have it right here before. Um, so this is the opening where Ron is on his computer and he calls April in. And, you know, he comes in and she's just like, what the hell is this? And she looks at the screen and she's like, what do you mean? And he's like, what? And he's talking about a pop-up. He's never seen one of these before. And it's like, hey, Ron, you just won da-da-da or whatever. And he's like, so he's so confused. He's like, what What the hell? Why does it, How does this thing know my name and everything? And April tells him like what cookies are and how they save things and they give your information away. And you can tell he's getting more pissed. And she's like, you think that's bad? Check out Google Earth. So he go, or she's like, check out Google Earth and type in your address. So he does it. And he's just like, his face says it all. And April just kind of like, she gives him like a, yep, that's it. And then it immediately just cuts to him walking and tossing his whole computer in the garbage can out back uh, or off to the side, whatever. But it's, it's just amazing. Like, again, going back to like, well, Ron, at least with technology, not knowing that the internet is not, you know, it's not just in your computer, you know? So he feels that destroying the computer and the, the monitor is going to, you know, erase anything with his like information in it. So um, that's an awesome one. And you just, the, the, the way they cut it, like I said, you know, he just shows him and then psh, trashes it. So, uh, okay. So, Another one I had on here, and I'm just because I had these in order, was Self Dentist. And that's the one where Ron pulls out his own tooth. That is in, um, you know what? I'm just going to do it actually, because if you didn't listen to that episode and if you haven't seen uh, the episode itself. Uh, so, Self Dentist is in uh, season three, episode nine, which is Andy and April's fancy party. And in this scene, <laughs> they're having a, th this is probably the best one. Uh, this one, or. Uh, get to what my other favorite one is but this one is uh iconic and it's amazing they're all in uh the the meeting room or the conference room leslie's talking and ron just starts like Ugh. or no i'm sorry ben's ben's giving the the announcements and ron starts like Ugh. he's like moaning uh groaning we'll say not moaning not sexually so he's uh he's like writhing kind of just oh you know and ben's like do you need to go to the dentist he's like no no it's fine you know i just had some dental work the other day or he talks about a cavity he's got. And so Ben just goes back to talking and he keeps like, oh, Ben asks again, do you need to go to the doctor? And Ron's just like, nope, I got it. So he pulls a set of pliers out of his pocket and he just like snaps them. It's like a one of those Leatherman kick things. He's like, Psh. so he just like immediately everyone's like, what the? No, 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 no. So he just he starts prying out the tooth, his own tooth from his own fucking head <laughs> he just starts pulling the tooth out and everyone's screaming in horror and you know uh ben runs away probably to go throw up april leaves the room i think donna actually's just like what the boop and you know and uh, you know everyone takes off leslie i think stays in the room but she's like off to the side just like probably frozen in horror and you see that tom has passed out <laughs> he's laying on the ground and uh so then it cuts back to ron's talking head and he's missing the tooth. So it just shows his like nice big white smile missing that one tooth. And he's like, oh, the doctor pulled it out yesterday. And I asked him if I could keep it. And he's like, it's always good to let your uh, coworkers know you can uh, withstand an incredible amount of pain. Plus, it's always fun to watch Tom pass out. So, yeah, that's uh, probably the best one. Okay, next up, puppy. 
which is in the episode Telethon, which is season two, episode 22. And here, Ron is kind of, you know, Ron's walking out of his office. He's walking down the hallway and he sees the rest of the parks crew and they're all huddled around. You can't even see what's going on yet until he gets closer. And you see that I think Andy is holding a little puppy. Like it looks like a little, uh, a little yellow lab. So they're all just, oh, they're all smitten by this little puppy. And Ron's just like, uh, hey, you know, that's a, that's a cute puppy, but we, you can't have animals in the building. Andrew, why don't you take him outside? And it's so great because Andy's response, he's like, what, and shoot him? He's like, no, just take him outside. And, you know, like, I don't know. He just tells him, he's like, you can't have animals in the building. So then uh, Ron, uh, Chris, uh, whoa, just Chris Pratt, Andy, he just kind of like holds the dog up to Ron's face. And the dog's just licking him incessantly, like, uh, you know, in the face. And then he starts getting like into his mouth, which is really gross. And I'm such a poser. I'm always one of those guys that's just like, oh, when dogs lick you, that's so gross, man. They lick their butts. I let Lucy lick me all the time. I'm so full of shit. <laughs> it is gross. But, you know, we love our dogs. And, you know, we like to think that they're kisses, even though they're probably just licking our salty skin, especially right now, because. It's no joke, like 90 degrees uh, in uh, Illinois where I'm at, and it sucks, and we haven't had rain in like a week and a half, and we're probably not getting it for another couple days, and all our plants are dying, and our grass is fried, and this episode sucks. I hate everything. Sorry. Got out a little, uh, little bender there. But anyway, uh, <laughs> so the dog is licking Ron's face, and Tom's just doing this voice. He's like, I'm just a little puppy. I'm a puppy, Ron. Come on. You can't make me leave. I'm just a little puppy. And then Ron's just like, all right, take it out back and shoot it. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Um, okay. Moving on. Typewriter. So I named all these myself. This isn't what the cold opens called. I'm just, eh, you know, because I'm creative like that. Uh, this is uh, from the episode, The Master Plan, which is season two, episode 23. So in this one, Ron talks about how he found a brand, someone threw out a brand new typewriter, or not a brand new, like a, a just a, a an old clunker typewriter, but it was still, it had the ribbon and everything, and it was in perfect working order. So Ron was really excited when he fished it out of the garbage can. And the thing is, though, as we know, like this is an old school typewriter. It's annoying and it's loud and everyone's in there just listening because Ron is just so excited to have this thing. He's not do, like doing work. He's just typing to type. So he gets up to go to the bathroom or he's like, no, no, actually, I'm sorry. He's like, I, I got to go get more paper because he's so excited. So he gets up to, to, you know, and he leaves the office to go get some. So immediately everyone who's in the office, they come running over to check like what he's typing slash possibly dispose of this machine because they hate it <coughs> excuse me so what he has left on there is if any of you touch this i'll kill you so they immediately just scamper back to their desks just in time for him to come walking right back in with all this paper and he's like oh this is so great i'm gonna type every word i know and he just starts typing out words and i, I forget like all the ones but he, he has but the last one's butthole Oh, just the way he says butthole too. And then it pans it on April's face and she's just like, like I'm in hell. So good. Um, okay. Uh, okay. So this is probably my other favorite one. And this is broken coffee pot. This is in the episode, the fight season three, episode 13. 
A lot of these involve Ron. Uh, sorry, I didn't do that on purpose. These are just, they're the best ones. I'm sorry. So Ron is, it shows the coffee pot. You can see that it's broken. It's like one of the the bigger ones that you usually see in, um, well, places of work. So it's got like two um, two hot pads or pans or hot plates. Sorry. It's got two of those on there and it's broken, you know. So Ron is, uh, he's like, who broke the coffee pot? And it's, what is it? It's April, Ben, Donna, Leslie, and Jerry. I think it's just those five. And they're standing around and no one says anything. He's like, come on. He's like, I just want to know who broke the coffee pot. And Leslie's like, I did it. It's like, no, 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 you didn't. Which I love so much because it's like, why is she even there then? If he's telling her, no, you didn't. Just like, you can dismiss her then. But so then they slowly start turning on each other where... Ben's just like, hey, um, Ron, I saw Donna over by, and she's like, oh, hell no. So she gets pissed off. And then Jerry's like, uh, you know, I, I think April was the last one that used it. And she's just like, basically like, you son of a bitch, you know, I don't even drink coffee. And he's like, well, what are you doing over there? She's like, everybody knows I use the steam because it's good for my cuticles. And she shows him the finger, uh, her fingers. So it's just so good. And they're all bickering back and forth. And I think Leslie tries admitting again that it was her just to get this horrible, like awkward moment to end. And uh, Ron just keeps telling her, no, I know it's not you. So they're all bickering at each other, yelling and everything in the background. And then Ron's doing a talking head and he's like, I broke the coffee pot. I burnt my hand on it. So I smashed it. Or he's like, so I punched it and it broke. Uh, but, you know. He, he says like the, the, the rest of the crew is getting a little chummy. So he had to kind of get them back at odds or back in, you know, odds with each other for whatever reason, just cause that's how Ron is. So I just love that. Yeah. After they're all fighting and it just the quick jump to him. Oh, I broke the coffee, but <laughs> so funny. Okay. The fresh Prince rap. <laughs> Season two, episode one, Pawnee zoo. So, Ron comes in to Leslie's office and he's like, Hey, there is an emergency down at Ramsett park. And she just started, or no, no, that's not what he says. He's uh, crap. He's anyway, he, he starts off the, the, the rap parents just don't understand, which is by uh, DJ Jazzy Jeff and the fresh Prince, uh, Will Smith. If you are unfamiliar with <laughs> everyone knows who Will Smith is, um, slap. But anyway, so uh, yeah, it's a famous song that they had back in the like the early 90s. Uh, maybe it was the 80s. I don't even remember. But Leslie like raps this whole song. We don't see the whole thing. You know, this this whole scene itself takes, you know, probably just over a minute. This, the whole song would probably take like two or three minutes to sing. So they they just cut a few times and she's walking around the office and she's using different props in the office to like as she's singing along. And it's pretty cool, though. So when she finishes singing the song, uh, like Jerry, Donna, you see them in the background kind of like clapping almost. So I wonder if this was actually the getting their real, their honest, the, the actors, Retta and Jim O'Hare, their actual reactions to her pulling this off and then just being like, you know what, just put that in there. Because it does, it seems weird. I don't know, maybe the way it's shot. But then again, I mean, it could just them be them genuinely like clapping for her and like laughing. Because, you know, it's it's kind of like one of those things you see in a lot of movies where you don't, 
if someone in a group tells a funny story or like a, or, a, or like gives like a good like one liner or something in jest, when you actually see another person, like if it's something that's not really that important, but like another person in the background just kind of like smirks or at least laughs a little. I love that because it's realistic because the person's not trying to get a, a, like a laughter out of anyone but they just said something that was funny and maybe only like one or two people in the group thought it was funny. So like only they react. Cause you're like, that was funny. It's like, why didn't anyone laugh? But you know, so anyway, that's why I kind of like just the way that the actors react here. It seems to me like, yeah, maybe they were like, all right, let's use that one. Even though that, you know, that was like Leslie's rehearsal or Amy's rehearsal. Maybe I don't know what the hell I'm going on a weird tangent here and I might be totally wrong. Maybe that's just how they actually filmed the scene, but it just seemed to uh, a, little, a little weird to me, but uh, the, in my opinion, the best part about it, you know, of course, Ron Swanson comes in and steals uh, Leslie's thunder after she sings the entire song. He's just like, yeah, there's a guy on fire down at Ramsey park. They need you right now. And she's just like, what? It takes off. And it, it, yeah, just the fact that he let her go ahead and do her song. And it was more just a, okay, like probably just to be a dick. So that was a great one. So next on the list is uh, kind of an underrated one. You don't hear much about this one. And it is Poop Fight, which is in the episode Boys Club, season one, episode four. In uh, this intro, Leslie and Tom get... Like, a, I guess they got a call from probably the mayor or whoever. And it was like, hey, they're doing this in the parks. Uh, so you guys need to go out and check it out. But there are like, I don't know, probably like 15 kids and they're slinging dog shit at each other. But it's like in poop bags, you know, but they're it's so dis like when you think about how disgusting this actually is, but it's more so just funny how much Leslie gets into this because she walks up and she's telling the kids. And what's so great is though, Tom, when he finds out that these kids are actually, cause they, they, they got the report that this was happening, but it's like, that can't be what it is. Let's go check it out. When Tom actually sees that they're throwing shit at each other, he's just like, Nope. He's like, I'm not dealing with this. And he just goes and he gets back in the car and Leslie goes over and she's trying to talk to you. She's like, Hey, uh, you know, you guys aren't supposed to. And then, like a bag of shit like hits her the good thing is that these never open up none of them ever explode and i'm, I'm my guess is that they couldn't show that on uh like network tv anyway because that's you know showing feces but they just keep saying like dog crap and dog poop they don't say like i don't think it's even blurred out as shit but uh, yeah, so these kids are they're going over to, you know, because there's in most parks, the uh, not most parks, but a lot of parks, they have the little baggies that you can pull out. And it's just like more of a courtesy that they're uh, giving you so that you don't your dog doesn't leave giant mounds like, you know, for people to run into. But uh, there's also a basket underneath it where you can conveniently throw the dog crap. So these kids are just pulling the bags out. And, they, and so Leslie grabs a trash can lid and she's using that as a shield. And it's just like, then all of a sudden she starts whipping the bags back. And it's so great because she's grabbing them by the, the top and like almost throwing them like grenade style, like sidearm. And it's, yeah, so she's, she starts getting so into it. She's like, oh, okay, you want some too? You want some? You know, and she's, she's like picking out specific kids and it's so great. And then she actually just says to the camera, she's like, this is actually kind of fun. And then they cut to the thing, but it's, it's so gross, but it's just, I love how she knows how disgusting it is. And Tom won't even deal with this, but then she eventually joins in. It's great. Uh, another one of my favorites. Easter eggs. 
This is in the episode Canvassing, which is season one, episode two. So, <laughs> yeah, this is actually, you know what? I should say this is this is one of my favorite ones, too. This is probably like a top three or four, uh, probably because it's one of the earliest ones I saw. And right off the bat, it was like, OK, this is amazing. And Leslie starts off and Leslie's giving us a talking head and she's telling us, hey, she's giving us a talking head. She um, that was inappropriate. Sorry. She is <laughs> she's telling us that, uh, hey, uh, we're we're here. And I, th I think it is Ramsey Park. And every year they do the 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 annual uh, Easter egg hunt. So she's talking, though. Uh, yeah, I put Tom in charge of uh, hiding the eggs and he must have done a really good job this year because, you know, I've I've been searching for 20 minutes and I haven't found a single egg and I'm an adult. And then it just cuts to him and he's like, yeah, I forgot to do that. So then it cuts right back and she's like, don't worry, we're, we're going to find some eggs. And it just shows it cuts away to like different kids. And there's like kids looking underneath stuff, you know, and uh, it shows a couple like little pissed girls that are pissed off, like slamming their baskets down because they still haven't found any. So Leslie's talking to a little girl who's crying or who's really upset. She's just like, don't worry, we're going to find some eggs. I promise you we'll find some. And then. Tom's standing right behind them and he just looks at the camera and shakes his head slowly. No. <laughs> so good. Like, so, I don't know. It's such a dick move, but it's so Tom. And it was, this is early on when the show was still finding it. It's, you know, it's fit. It's, it's finding its shoes. So yeah, to see Tom like do something like that, that early was like, oh, that's awesome. Like we kind of, uh, you know, cause Tom, He's likable. You know how I feel about Tom. I mean, but he's also like, you know, he's a dick too and he's selfish. But so right there, just to let all those kids do that for that long. I mean, like who knows when they eventually gave up. That would have been fun uh, just to see when it was like, okay, we're calling this thing. And then just to see, you know, Tom maybe like, yeah, no, I'm never going to show you. you. I guess, you know, maybe you'll just have to wait till next year to find them. So that would have been fun. Next up. John Swanson. This is in the episode The Wall, season six, episode 15. This is where we meet Ron's uh, son, John, that he has with Diane Lewis. And he is, uh, did he do the work on the sixth? Yeah, he, he worked, uh, he, man, is that, I don't know, he's, <laughs> He's in his office or in office. And I'm sorry, I was just drawing a blank because I can't remember if this is before or after he redid the fourth floor. I think it was after that. Yeah, yeah. No, it wasn't. I'm sorry. It was before. But Ron's in his office and Leslie comes in and she's just like, hey, you know, I'm, I, I'm can you please let Diane know that I'm really sorry and I haven't ha uh, planned a baby shower for her yet. And he's just like, well, that won't be necessary. She's like, oh, well, what, why not? And he's like, and he points and his baby is behind Leslie. She just walked in and didn't even see him. And he's in like a uh, his little, uh, uh, God, like the car seat sleepers, you know, the ones that just come out of the car. Or, or he might actually be in a crib. I think, yeah, I think he's in a really small crib that Ron made. But Leslie turns around and she's just like, what the, like, who the hell is that? And he's like, that's my son, John Swanson. You know, and, and it's just, it's it's incredible because he had a baby. And didn't he didn't have the baby, you know, Diane did, but like he didn't tell anyone like to him. That's not a big deal, apparently. Also, the fact that he wants to keep, you know, John's uh, identity 
safe and whatnot, but he did bring the kid to work. So I don't know what he was expecting, but uh, yeah. So then uh, eventually like everyone that's in the office is in Ron's office now, and they're all just huddling over the baby and they're so excited. And um, Jerry, Jerry's just like, Hey Ron, just so you know, we have plenty of uh, old toys and things like that. If you need anything, you just let me know. And that's what triggers Ron. It's so good. He, uh, he, he grabs, uh, someone gave him like a, a present, or I think Leslie gave him a, a onesie for the baby knowing that it was coming. And so he grabs it and he just slams it into the garbage can, like just stuffs it in there and then grabs John and just like storms out. It's so funny. So the final one is April has the flu, which is in the episode of flu season, which is season three, episode two. And uh, in this episode, a lot of the people in Pawnee have come down with the flu. One of them is April, who just happens to be one of Anne's, uh, not patients, but, you know, Anne's the nurse. So she's uh, she's checking on April. And of course, when you're like, this could have been like, well, why doesn't she just get a different nurse? But Anne does tell her, hey, we're stretched really thin because most of the hospital is filled out. So you don't really have the luxury of picking your own nurse. So she just happens to get her. And April's just giving her hell. She keeps like hitting the buzzer that, uh, 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 you know, just like that she needs something. And it's usually like my pillow fell on the floor. And you could tell, you know, clearly April threw it on the floor just so Anne has to come in and like do everything for her. But <clears throat> It's just so good because April is still so pissed off because Anne kissed Andy uh, like a couple episodes earlier than this. And she's this is her way of getting back at Anne. But it's cool that Anne actually at the end of the episode, she comes back and she walks in and she's she's got her she's looking at her watch. She's just like, Anne, three, two, one. What the boop is your problem? Because, yeah, she's just she's had it, but now she's off the clock so she can go ahead and basically tell April, you know, hey, kiss my ass. Get over it. Like it happened. It was, it was on accident. She kissed Andy you know, like in a moment of weakness. And he doesn't like me. He really likes you. I'm not interested in him. This is bullshit. Da da da. So it, it was awesome because, you know, you just got to see Anne actually stand up to April. So. Um, yeah, so that's uh, those are my favorite cold opens for uh, the show. Um, you can if you want to message me again or you know email me, let me know what your favorite cold opens are. Again, there are so many other ones, so many other great ones. You know, there's there's a cold open for every single episode. There's over a hundred of them, so there are so many more that I've never talked about. But um, that is going to wrap up this episode. Thank you so much for hanging out and listening. If you'd like to contact me or the show, citizensofpawnee at gmail.com is how you can do that. You can also like and follow on Instagram at Podcast and at Parks Rec Memes. If you like horror movies and media, please check out my other podcast that I host with my sister called Horror Copia Podcast. Give us a follow on Instagram at hcopia underscore podcast. This week I will be covering the newer, I guess, uh, Stephen King adaptation firestarter which is on peacock which is the home of parks and recreation if you're streaming it legally <laughs> um or if you're in another country and you get it on netflix or whatever but in the united states it's only on peacock again thank you so much for listening to citizens of pawnee a parks and recreation podcast my name is brian and i'll see you soon april's middle name is roberta which is also my aunt's name. So how's it going, Aunt Midge?